And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't yet, check out my weekly emails where I share actionable website and B2B marketing tips, podcasts, goodies, and more over at businessgrowth.emails. So joining me today, I've got Olga Denisova. Olga's the VP of Digital Marketing over at SEMrush. Olga, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am very good, thank you. I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking about how our audience can achieve explosive marketing success just like you've done in the past year or so with SEMrush. And I'm looking forward to a nine-step process that we're going to run through, have some fun with Olga. But first and foremost, what does marketing success really mean in your opinion? Oh, love it, love it, love it. Love this question. So I think uh, for any department, not marketing only, uh, success is always how business defines success, like what your particular business uh, defines uh, a success. So is it like the awareness at this point? Is it the generated revenue? Is it the number of uh, outlook, you know, outreach uh, activities that you've done? So in our particular case, marketing is always measured by the business revenue. So it's yep. very straightforward. So this is how much dollar amount you have generated. So uh, in our case, business sets us very particular targets of dollar amount that we need to generate. And obviously then we break this down by, okay, this is how many particular payments, particular registrations, particular trials. But the bottom line is, it's always the business to say, okay, marketing, this is what we think your success looks like. Revenue first. Yep. And yeah, and are there any, do you think there's any close contenders? Because we've had a lot of guests on it. I mean, it, it tends to be a theme, especially over the last kind of couple of years. A lot of marketers are shifting into different tactics. Some are going down the demand gen route. Some in the B2B space are going ABM. Others are taking yeah. slightly different shifts and turns. Everyone says they want to contribute to revenue. Revenue is the main driver. But are there any close contenders, let's say in second or third, that you think really help move the needle towards that revenue, revenue uh, goal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the first contender here is the number of new paying customer versus existing customer. So it's very essential to understand, okay, whether your business revenue is growing from your existing customer database or you're able to acquire new users, new mm. customers who are ready to pay. And this is some something that I think sometimes uh, gets away from us, you know, uh, so it's equally important not only to check upon the overall business revenue, but also, okay, so there always needs to be, you know, new flow, new uh, new traffic coming in. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to stagnate very soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned something important there, existing customers as well, which is often overlooked, right? I mean, companies spend so much time, cash, money, effort on marketing outbound, trying to acquire net new business. But then often the existing customers get pushed to the bottom of the pile, forgotten about, and the churn rates can go through the roof. Yes, yes, absolutely. Equally important. So it's always the balance. Okay, this is how much, how many uh, we got coming in, but this is okay. What's happening with our existing customer base? And it's actually another standpoint uh, for any growing business. Like when you are growing, you are going to add new audience types. 
And it's mm. so easy to abandon your core audience that you have nurtured before adding like new functionality, like, you know, bells and whistles. So it's not only even like about existing customers, but it's okay with this new functionality, how do I make sure that I still satisfy my existing core database and acquire again new and then convert them into existing. So yeah, it's always like being on the lookout for like basically everyone there. And uh, yeah, but this is what we're going to talk about today. That's I'm it. Sure. Let's jump in. I'm sure there'll be plenty of plenty of things we'll dive into in a sec. So without without further ado, let's dive into the the nine steps to explosive marketing success. Let's let's hear the first one, Olga, if we may. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my first one, and those who work uh, with me know that this is basically my favorite keyword. This is the framework. So whenever I start working with digital marketing at any stage, uh, the first and foremost uh, is framework, creating framework, uh, because, and I think it's equally important for those who are just starting off, like building their marketing department or again, going into new market. And for those like in SEMrush who have already had some success, it's not that like, you know, SEMrush has never done any digital marketing, right? No, on the contrary, we've done so much that mm. at some point it was like, hey, okay, so what's next? Because it's like there have been so many la layers that we've done. And so what helps us actually realize what we can do better or what we can do in addition to what we're doing is creating framework. And by this, I mean, uh, think about dimensions that you want basically to split all of your activities. So in our case, right. it, were, it was like first and foremost content. So we okay. are producing plenty of content, but okay what types of content we are producing and then what we've did like literally we put together endless list of all the assets that we have ever produced and then analyze them by content type so what was the best performing content type again in terms of business revenue not the number of downloads not the number of engagement but again business revenue what were the underlying principles of best performing assets versus first performing assets. Then another step here was again to map all the content to customer journey. And like everyone always says, yeah, hey, like customer journey is very straightforward. Like it's like top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, like what's new? The new thing is again, being very, I would say nerdy and like with all the scrutiny map out. Okay, so where does this asset belong to? And then mm -hmm. when you do that, all of a sudden you say, Hey, we've, we have plenty of content for the track stage, plenty of content for engage, but mm. only like five decently working assets for the convert. So for example, we're missing, you know, comparison against uh, how do we perform against competition functionality wise and so on and so forth. So that's uh, one dimension. Another dimension is about audiences. So again, yep. split down and create, you know, uh, your audiences, another dimension after audiences is targeting. So you're going to have like several audiences, you're going to have the channels, you're going to have the targeting. And when you map, you know, it's like a matrix, right? And so yeah. and you like cross, uh, uh, cross over. And then again, oh, wow, we're not reaching this audience through this targeting in this geography. How did we miss this out? And so for different companies, these dimensions may be different depending on their focuses. But sure. at the end of the day, it's always like targeting, channels, audiences, attribution, and last but not least, organization. And this is the piece that I think 
in like 90% of cases is missing. Because like whenever we start discussing digital marketing, we tend to forget, okay, so who's buying do I need to get to actually make all of this work? And uh, I think this brings me actually to the second point. Yeah, that's before we get to that. So you, yeah. what was the last part you said there, Augie? You said targeting channel, audience, attribution. Then you said, did you say one more thing? Yeah, organization. Organization, as in the yes. target, as in the organizations you want to target or your own organization? Internal organization. Okay. Internal organization and uh, actually what, uh, what, or, what org you're working in. So who's, uh, who is going to support you in enabling all of the key initiatives that you need? So is it the analytics team? Is it the brand marketing team? Is it the product mm. team? And uh, because, again, it is very often that we uh, jump uh, straight to the, you know, starting, okay, we need this content and we rush creating this, but hey, do we actually have then customer success to support and convert those who, mm. are, who are going to convert through this content? So adding this additional layer of organization is very important. That's a good point. Sounds like quite a lot of this is analysis work. Yes, absolutely. I think, yeah, the analysis is like the cornerstone and uh, uh, yeah. And I think we tend to analyze a lot of, of numbers and again obviously digital marketers uh, are all <laughs> about numbers <laughs> but again sometimes again like stra uh, strategy wise it's it, it may be analysis may not be an, uh, about numbers only it may be about like again things like that like breaking down everything that you do mm. Mm. you mentioned something a bit earlier as well i know we've got eight other points to go through but you mentioned customer journeys a lot of people think it's quite straightforward I'd completely disagree. I think customer oh, journeys yeah. are super complex, especially now when you've got things like, well, Chris Walker talks about a lot, dark social and internal communities that can't be measured, like Slack groups, especially when you get deep into B2B, like when people are hanging out on channels that can't be attributed, whether it's like WhatsApp, Slack, internal messaging tools, LinkedIn Messenger, all those kind of things. And when you consider like, the average B2B touch point is, I don't know what, 9, 10, 12, 13 touch points before they engage with a sales rep and book a demo or book a consult. Like that stuff's complex. That's not, oh. that's not easily measurable, is it? No, no, it is not. Absolutely. And uh, that actually stresses again, how important it is to again, map all the activities to the customer journey. And then the mm. conclusion that you will get to is is that, I cannot measure certain activities and certain channels by revenue. So that's why, again, customer journey so, uh, is essential. So uh, let's say communities, for example. It is obvious that you will not get like immediate last click conversion from communities, but as long as you map this out to the attract stage and then you build the complete customer journey, you will understand, okay, so if I build the community, I then need to make sure that there are some activities on the engaged yeah. st stage that kind of take over this customer and then like take it through uh, through the customer journey. So again, love this exercise of mapping out everything that you do and seeing like how customer goes through through the whole flow. What, what are SEMrush doing on the attribution side of things for those tricky to measure channels? 
Yeah, uh, I think Samrash, uh, I love Samrash about how geeky we are when it comes to uh, to data. And uh, here in Samrash, uh, we use a multi-touch attribution model, uh, basically analyzing, again, every single touch uh, that the user um, uh, has gone through, uh, through the journey. And obviously, the closer uh, the touch was uh, to the actual conversion, the higher its weight in on the uh, multi-attribution model. So mm. this actually helps us understand, uh, again, what, what's working, what's not working. But uh, talking about attribution, uh, since we talk again about this like uh, nine steps uh, to, uh, to transforming your digital marketing, I think it's essential to connect your any type of attribution that you have to dollar amount to business revenue. So for example, it's multi-touch attribution, not about the number of actions, but about uh, revenue that we are generating. So there, so make sure to assign a dollar amount to all the KPIs that you're having. So you're not counting, again, number of registrations, but this multi-touch attribution actually shows you, okay, this channel generated 100 bucks and this channel generated like 5,000 bucks. So connecting it to transactional data, your mm. attribution to transactional data, is like a path to success. Okay, let's let's get into step two. Um, yeah, yeah what's, what's next up? Yeah, uh, the next step was actually, yeah, so I mentioned the importance of organization, right? So, and this brings me again to the second step is about actually making sure that you get buy-in from all the relevant teams. And mm. most important from the executive level. And uh, uh, here, what I noticed is that I think my key conclusion from all my experience is that digital market, digital marketing, like transformation, is never about digital marketing only. Uh, meaning that whenever, whatever you want to do, you will be very much dependent on all, on all other departments. Right. And that means that whenever, uh, whatever you want to launch, make sure that you have, you know, a partner network and other departments have your goals as part of their strategy, uh, as part of their, you know, future, let's say next year goals. So to give you an example, okay, so we want to, let's say to implement marketing automation solution. So my job is like, again, to get by from the executive level and then mm. from all of the, again, from VP to team leads to actually have marketing automation implementation a part of their KPIs. So then I will be able to do what I need to do within digital marketing. Yeah. And this becomes tough the larger your organization is, right? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. There is like huge competition over resources and like everyone's project is so important, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's when, again, connect connecting your attribution to business revenue comes really handy because you're mm. not coming in there saying, hey, I want this because it's right. You're saying, I want this because this is how much dollar uh, dollars uh, I'm going to generate with this. And actually having this dollar amount attached to all your KPIs helps other departments to actually negotiate uh, additional resources for your initiatives. So, mm. so, so that it's win-win. So for example, let's say we go to the IT department, we say, okay, this is like our shared goal. This is how much uh, business revenue we're going to generate together. So it also gives some meaning for the other department, right? So 
I'm not just implementing implementing it, I'm actually contributing to the overall success. What about when it's a new channel that your team hasn't worked with before and you're unsure of the revenue that it will bring to the table? Oh, okay. Uh, you actually uh, jumped to one of uh, the principles of these nine principles. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the next step, is it? Yeah, yeah. The, okay. uh, uh, and this is actually about like experiments. So okay. principle is very easy, like experiment, experiment, experiment. Uh, that means that you can never actually, you know, rest on laurels because like competition is out there. So make sure that not only you experiment on a regular basis and uh, by experiment, I mean like everywhere, like channel, creative, content, targeting, mm -hmm. everything, but also make sure that you have a person, a go-to person who is actually the key driver for all experiments within digital marketing. So to give okay. you an example, in digital marketing, we created a new team. We, we called it digital hacking, like growth hacking for digital marketing only. And the whole purpose of this team is to test. So they're responsible for multiple tests. They're responsible for documenting these tests and they're responsible for actually implementing and you know spreading the learnings the information the best practices across the marketing organization and it helped us like drive more than 100 tests and i'm talking about like really big tests not like minor bidding tests but uh, more than 100 tests per year with this uh, team driving it like uh, so their kpa is slightly different so they obviously we cannot be sure that every single test will be success. We can be sure that a lot of tests will be a failure, but among, mm. among of these experiments, there will be something that will help us grow. And then we take it from experiments team and implement it uh, across the digital marketing organization. Have you got any examples of a recent one that they've done? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, sign up flow. So uh, all of the teams are optimizing their uh, respective channels, right? But then the traffic ends up on the uh, general sign-up flow. And uh, uh, we implemented, uh, so, so some time ago, we tested uh, dynamic headlines in paid uh, search so that right. uh, we, we customized the headline based on the query and it was performing really well. But the question okay. was that the user came to the general sign-up flow, which was not personalized. And so this team, and no one actually could, again, catch the discrepancy because, again, there is like a separate website team, there is like the channel team. So it was the digital hacking team who actually noticed, hey, we know that personalization works great in paid traffic channels. Hmm. So why don't we continue it? And so this is uh, when we started personalizing the sign-up flow according to search query. So imagine, again, a person uh, is looking for a website audit. The landing page greets them with the website audit. They want to register. The, uh, the sign-up flow uh, says, hey, uh, here is like website audit. And uh, the new user like, has grown by 40% by this uh, tiny uh, um, uh, by this tiny change. Wow. Okay. That's an interesting one. Got it. So just yeah. changing, changing things within kind of messaging, within ads, within dynamic content that kind of yep. stuff to, to see how it, how it flows, but you're doing it on scale by the sounds of it. You're doing a hundred or so a year. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
appreciate that kind of large scale organizations have probably got a bit more flex on that side of things. I suppose kind of smaller companies, you're a little bit more limited in terms of what you can do. Um, any, any that you've seen, any tips that you've seen that are perhaps a bit lesser known, a bit more unusual, that organizations that might not have as much resource could consider? Yeah. Experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, uh, okay, so the audience will be, hey, you already talked about this, but <laughs> I will again start with the framework. Mm. So if you're, again, budget constrained, uh, go back and create the framework. And uh, I would say list out uh, like what's most important for you, right? So uh, again, creating uh, the, the very clear list of priorities will make sure that you are not, um, you're paying attention to, to actually what's most important. And uh, uh, depending on this, again, your, your action plan uh, will be, uh, will be different. So obviously, if you want to scale like really quickly, obviously paid channels is uh, is your go to uh, uh, go to part. If you want to drive more engagement and build like the loyal customer base, then uh, make use of the email marketing channel. Um, if, if you want, uh, if you are in in a re fairly good position when it comes to business revenue now it's time to build your brand marketing and build loyal customers so it's really like again step by step depending on uh, what your what your business priorities are got it yeah yeah link back to the initial priorities the initial goals understood Chili Piper is an advanced scheduling solution for B2B revenue teams. Rather than listen to me ramble on, here's a super happy customer describing how Chili Piper has revolutionized the way they work. Chili Piper as a tool has just become part of our fabric. It's our meeting booking system for our prospects. And you'll be pleased to hear it just does it. It's like the ideal piece of software which you don't have to babysit. It just does what it needs to do. My SDR team like using it as well. The main bulk of their role is outbound prospecting, which they use Chili Piper to book book those meetings. Ultimately, they are booking meetings for the account executive. Their handoff is working you know, really well. You just heard there how Chili Piper can free up resources and turbocharge your productivity. Book your free demo today over at chilipiper.com slash BGS. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I per.com slash bgs chilipiper.com slash bgs are you tired of the competition stealing your potential clients and website traffic just because they rank higher than you on google for the main services or products you offer or maybe you're already investing in seo or marketing but your website's failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads or perhaps you already work with a web or SEO agency, but they're just not getting you the results they promised. Let's fix that. Get in touch with us over at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mention the podcast and set up a call with Sam to see if we can help you with the results today. Okay. Yep. 
So we talked about experiments. I think I jumped jumped your head a bit, but um, what what comes next? Yeah. yeah uh, oh, and I think what comes next is actually uh, very very much uh, relevant to like smaller businesses. And uh, the way that I put it is like you need to think big, but you start small. Meaning that everyone talks about strategy. Like uh, I talked about like, hey, creating framework and like uh, understanding your priorities. But when you're going to outline your priorities, make sure that you actually break them down into very small, actionable and easy to digest steps. Hmm. Because uh, it's very important when you start doing something uh, to see your successes early on. And right. it's both about motivation, because when your goal is like so big, like, okay, I need to generate like 1,000, uh, 100,000 like business revenue by the end of the year, it's like, oh gosh, it's so frightening. But now instead you break it down up to very, 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 very small uh, steps. And so checking upon them first helps you keep, uh, helps you be motivated in your team. But uh, most important, it helps you understand whether you're on the right track. Because especially when uh, when you're a small business, it's so, so essential like to understand it straight away. You have very yeah. limited budget. You have very limited resources. So having these small steps, you will, again, understand, okay, I'm on the right track or probably I'm not. And then you'll need to redo, uh, redo the whole exercise again. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. I mean, this this will probably resonate with a lot of marketers that are tuning in that perhaps have been given mammoth targets for 2023 and maybe are wondering how the heck am I going to hit these sales targets because one, I don't have enough budget and two, maybe I don't have enough resources and the CEO is just or the maybe the VP of revenue or whoever's given, given the target is perhaps yeah. uh, perhaps on a caffeine high and has 3x'd anything that's possible. So <laughs> yeah, are there any... <laughs> Any ways or any examples that you've kind of used in the, in the past when it comes to you know, digital marketing, especially, and, and oh, how, yes. you've, how you've broken that down into kind of milestones? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so first and uh, first, it comes about KPIs. Uh, it comes about KPIs. So again, you need to break down everything that you need to achieve by quarters, then by months then by weeks, then by days. And again, we are very nerdy here. So for every single day, we know how many registrations, trials, news MRR we need to, do, to generate from each channel. And then you basically track it on a daily basis. Uh, then it comes uh, about projects. So we, uh, we break it down by key projects. And then what we do is like, well, basically, uh, again, being very, uh, very i would say again nerdy and boring probably but we do like regular uh weekly or bi-weekly checks on the on all of the uh project progress hmm. and uh, uh the third thing and this is more about like what you just asked like okay we have like this huge sales number to achieve yep. and the 2023 is going to be rocky so my approach here, like my recommendation here would be to actually prepare yourself for, for different scenarios. So what do we do is we do not only break down, okay, the ultimate goal, but we also create contingency scenarios. Okay, what happens 
if we don't reach this particular goal? Mm. How it's going to affect our budget? How is it going to affect like the number of content that we're going to create, the number of channels that we are running? And so have at least one plan B uh, is going again to make your life way easier. It's like, you know, psychological uh, trick, I think, as long as you, you know, went down there is, you know, rabbit hole. Okay, what if I don't achieve the target number? What will happen to like me and the and my goals? Answer this question uh, first of all to yourself. Create a plan, and then all of a sudden, life is so much easier. Mm. Mm. Yeah, break breaking everything down into small steps, and that's that's sound advice really into what you can measure each day, each week, each month, having regular catch up with your team. And then, like you say, having contingency plans. So if you don't hit this goal, what can we do? What's what's going to be the next best thing? Because um, a lot of a lot of our audience is going to be tuning in, and they're going to have high targets when it comes to depending on what they're offering. There are going to be a lot of SaaS marketers or SaaS sellers that have perhaps got certain demo request targets or consultancy request targets. So those kind of things are are going to be quite stressful, right? Um, in terms of, I imagine SEMrush works with quite a lot of, or has quite a lot of clients that, that are in the SaaS space, that are perhaps kind of using your tool. In your opinion, what are the top three digital marketing channels that a SaaS tech company should be using to drive revenue for 2023? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I think the first one, um, I think the way that I have it, in my head is, uh, again, first, it's very customizable. So first, do your homework and uh, do some retrospective analysis, uh, paying attention to customer acquisition cost and the volume. Mm. And uh, obviously, uh, so how are you going to balance this out? So the way that I have it in my head, so within, again, within our best performing uh, like list, I will go from those uh, which are which have like the the hottest leads, and then like to uh, to the list. So the first is obviously sure. paid search non-brand. So this is like the end of pipeline. If people actually search for something, they already knew this is like the, the created demand. You do not need to create it. Like they uh, they came to you, but be prepared that the competition is tough there because it's like it's so obvious. Uh, so the second one is absolutely video. And uh, uh, the reason that I didn't put the video on the first place is because video creation takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. So you need to be really smart about how you're going to play this card. But video is booming, right? So, I mean, look at us. <laughs> it's, going to be, yeah, it's going to be video, right? So, uh, and video right now uh, provides, you know, this... Uh, multiple formats and uh, when you're going to to think about video my recommendation would be to focus on very short formats so don't go for this like you know lengthy formats of like two minute videos building you know brand uh, reputation no focus on like small uh, beats of uh, five to 15 seconds very actionable very to the point um and uh yeah video is your is your uh go-to channel so that will be like my second uh favorite one and i think the third one it's less about like specific channel it's more about the approach and the approach here is like create uh 
create academy of your own, meaning, uh, uh, again, people don't uh, react to selling content, surprise, <laughs> it's like 2023. Uh, so make sure that anything that you create uh, brings certain value mm -hmm. in a very short format. So make sure that, again, anything that you are going to produce, it's like, a mini learning course for your audience. So okay. it's not that it's not an ad. It's like, okay, this is what you need to do to be successful. Mm. And then you list like uh, tips and tricks from YouTube. So these are like top three uh, from my perspective. So you're basically saying do, do non-branded paid search then become a media company. <laughs> kinda, kinda. <laughs> yeah, I truly, yeah, I actually, I truly believe that nowadays like any any bigger organization, you know what? Any organization is like a media publishing house of their own, because again, if you don't provide value, uh, again, competition is higher. If you don't provide value, then you're out. So people mm. do not resonate with selling messages anymore. Uh, anyway, I mean, I, I have a question to you. Like, what was yeah. the last time you reacted to any direct message on LinkedIn saying, "Hey, what's up"? uh check out this website oh it's well i can't remember because most of them are awful like it's <laughs> and i'm sure you get a ton because you're a vp of marketing and i get a ton because i run a company so it's just like literally maybe maybe one in a hundred one in 200 is actually decent but most of them are just spam or automated exactly exactly and the, the whole story is so much different if you see a linkedin post about like, hey, these are like top five things that we've done in SEMrush to mm. boost our revenue. And then you're going to react and comment upon that and actually like reach out to someone and say, hey, like and share it with people. So I think that's the essence. Like it's less about, it's sometimes less about channels, but again, about what value. I would like put a giant poster if you're a marketer, like value. Uh, Can I ask you a tough question? Yes. Now, paid search is, is great, especially non-branded, because like you say, it means people aren't aware of your brand, but they're searching for what you do, i.e. you provide CRM for salespeople. If your website ranks there, then you're going to get some high-intent demo requests. But review sites rank very well, right? Yes. Like, when I say review sites, I'm talking G2, Trustera, yeah. yeah. you know, all, all, the, all the usual suspects. Do you think this probably goes against some of you? I don't know if it goes against what you do, so feel free to tell me to leave it. Yeah. But do you think they're a worthwhile investment for tech companies? Because I know for a fact tech companies invest a ton in these kind of review channels because they rank so well organically, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my answer, I think it doesn't contradict what I said. Uh, so for me, it's like never one thing or another. It's all about accelerating from each other. So, mm. okay, you captured a certain audience from paid uh, non-brand search, but then there is always be a gigantic amount of users who actually didn't want to click on the ad because they know it's the ad. And then you capture it through, uh, through the review websites. So yeah, absolutely. You need to take uh, care of it. Again, the question here, is make sure that again it's the focused effort because of what I've seen a lot of times people do it once and then they kind of forgot. Then again they do it once and then they forget. So 
if you if you have a page on the review website make sure that let's say your email market uh, your email marketing team incorporates like uh, you know this uh, postscriptum hey uh, are you happy with our solution rate us uh, on on this website so uh, make sure that again if you rank on google search there is actually you know tons of comments uh, so uh, think about again how other teams can mm. continuously enrich your profile on the review websites and another point to that if we talk about like the search uh, the search results another sure. thing that you have to work uh, upon is the affiliate network because like uh, how it hap uh, what happens to us is okay again we captured the top uh, with our ad then there are like review websites but then there are links from our affiliates making sure that again there is a third party affiliate talking about us and not our competitor so mm. uh, it's about well, like i would say uh, very again encompassing like all encompassing approach like dominate the SERP. that's our that's whilst our we're on the subject whilst we're on the subject and we've already gone on a massive tangent so we might as well carry on yeah. a yeah. lot of people not myself but a lot of people are saying seo organic search is on the decline for 2023 what are your thoughts uh so this is what i don't agree to that's for sure <laughs> because hey like uh, you know what? I think they've been talking about the decline of organic search for many years. Like, uh, remember, like a couple of years ago, there have been so many YouTube videos. Like, you know what? You know, voice search is the next thing. TikTok search is the next thing, and they are. But Google's not dying. You know what? Google is still growing and growing massively. So yeah. absolutely, uh, make your, uh, you know, do your homework. And just, you know, go and uh, check quickly the number of people searching for your relevant key terms and you will be like, wow, you will be amazed. And uh, yeah, so absolutely, uh, you know, it's like, it's really good investment. The only thing like why, for example, I didn't put it on my top three list is because yep. if we talk about like immediate results, obviously organic search is not about immediate results. But if we talk about like the long-term growth, yeah. absolutely like make sure you do that for sure for sure i think like, i see a lot of stuff on linkedin now where people say exactly what you say really people saying like no one goes to google organic search anymore everyone goes to a community or they ask their peers or they go on youtube or they go on tiktok it's like well, sure plenty of people do those things but there's still a ton of people i think the main thing to consider is that especially in because a lot of what we talk about is b2b tech everyone buys differently right so some people will go to exactly. communities some will ask their peers some will search on youtube some will search on tiktok but a ton of people are still using google search and especially when you get into large when you get to big ticket sales when you get to big ticket software or b2b service doesn't matter what it is people typically are going to compare two three four or more vendors before they make a decision because they're not buying this stuff at the click of the fingers they're taking months to research your product your offering can consider it with their board they don't decide over the night. So they're probably going to Google search to find a couple options. Maybe they're going to community for the third option. Maybe they're going somewhere else for the fourth option. So if you're not ranking, as far as I'm concerned, you're missing out on ops. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree to that. Like you see me nodding like very actively. So yeah, absolutely. And uh, also another thing here is like customer journey. 
is very diverse when we talk about different audience types, when we talk about different geographies. So I think uh, a few years back, I did this uh, deep like research of our target audience, of our like enterprise audience uh, back in Veeam. And I think what we, re uh, what we found out back then is that when it comes to, for example, European countries, and I remember Germany specifically, mm. uh, users tend to go to, again, review websites and third-party, again, general reviews way more often, and it is way more important for them. Again, hearing objective third-party review in comparison mm. to Americans. For Americans, number one point was brand. I need to know the brand. Okay. Uh, I need to I need to know them like from social media. I need to hear about them from like you know my acquaintances. So yeah. the value of brand is so much higher. So mm. again, depending on your geography, uh, I, I cannot like stress it enough. But again, customer journey is a very different. So again, depending on your geography, it may be very different. But uh, like you said. Uh, you need to be sure that you you know check all the boxes uh, because it's never about one channel it's always about several touch points that's it and i think if you're a smaller business you can get away with that kind of mindset that one or two channels is fine but if you're a fast growing company or if you're in the in enterprise space and you're looking for serious growth then you need to have these you need to understand that everyone buys differently and like you say when you're looking at different geographic locations that's really interesting like i didn't know that that Kind of Germans were placed more weight on review sites. Americans are more brand orientated. So knowing this intel is just key, right? Because otherwise yeah. you're just you're going by guesswork and assumptions rather than how people actually buy. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. So before I went off on one, um, I think we covered framework, getting buy-in from uh, the rest of the team, experiments, um, thinking big but starting small. I think we've done four points. Have we got five more? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I touched upon like uh, uh, one, uh, uh, another one, and uh, it was about like it's very close connected to testing. So okay. uh, remember uh, when uh, we talked about experiments? Yep. So it's essential that we don't run experiments in channels only, but okay. it goes across the board. So make sure, and uh, I think, yeah, the uh, the illustration here was about like the sign up flow. So okay. again, even though you're not responsible for the sign up flow as a digital marketer, your yep. job is to make sure that the tests that you run are not about channels or creatives only, but uh, about all the all the customer journey. So I think that's uh, very closely connected. Uh, fifth. Uh, point. Uh, another thing we already touched upon, it's about like building uh, dollar revenue, like money, uh, money driven attribution. So assigning okay. and another uh, uh, another action point here is assigning uh, dollar revenue uh, to actually not only to like the final KPI, which is a purchase, but also mm. to all the immediate uh, sorry, all the secondary KPIs. So, okay, so uh, how would you assess in dollar amount your trial or your registration? So what they actually mean from the dollar perspective uh, for you, and then you may come up, um, come to certain conclusions, which may be a surprise to you. So for example, you've seen that gated content generates a lot of leads. 
Yeah. But then when you again connect, okay, so in general, like one lead brings me, let's say $5 revenue. Yeah. And then you compare it. Okay. And this is how, let's say paid ad uh, user usually brings me and it's like $10 revenue. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, so all of the leads that I generated actually are not that great. So having this dollar assigned to all the KPIs, and again, it may be very different uh, for enterprise. It may be again, one lead is worth like $10,000. So it's very, very customized, but having dollar amount assigned to each KPI is essential. Is there a way, is there like a equation to work that out? I a qualified demo request, for example, might be worth $300. Whereas uh, product led growth, for example, someone takes a free trial, they're worth 20 bucks. But if someone goes up and takes a, a full on demo, they're worth 300, then a paid, a paid subscriber is then worth a grand and you divide it by X based upon what you've spent on the initial ad is, is that kind of how you work it yeah. out? Or is there? Yeah, again, we have multi channel attribution. So for us, uh, again, it's uh, it like there is like the whole data science uh, behind it, but basically, yeah, you got it correctly. So uh, you can like basically again, uh, uh, measure like uh, return on ad spend and uh, you can get it, uh, you, you can make it and go even further. How, mm. how much resources I'm talking about, like human hours that they spend to do oh, this Oh, wow, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. working yeah. that into the equation as well. Mm -hmm. Got yep. it. Okay. And uh, uh, another thing here is uh, when you're going to lay out again this customer journey, like we said, uh, mm. you may often see that okay, all of my touch points actually perform really well. So, for example, free registration cost me this, and this is good. Trial cost me this, and brings me this, and this is good. But then you can uh, do it like this. Okay, what if I actually drop one of the touch points and make my customer journey like shorter so we'll like uh, the effect from it uh, what it will be like and then all of a sudden you realize that oh okay the, the shorter customer journey actually performs better so yeah i may drop a trial thing or i may drop a demo thing because yeah. all i need to do is like send out an email follow up and they still convert the same without the demo so there's like all Comes of a sudden there's the like testing yep exactly exactly it's all interconnected awesome okay so i think that's six points yeah uh yeah right and uh i think yeah i think one thing that we haven't touched upon is automation okay so automation i think it was like a very hot topic like three to five years ago everyone was talking about like marketing automation and like with big players coming into market yeah. And uh, this is what I realized is that it is often in, in companies, we think about automation as a done deal. So I implemented the solution. Okay. I automated my marketing. That's it. But the reality is it's never a done deal. So it's never about, okay, I implemented the platform and now we are automated. It's about the mindset. So when you're going to implement everything that we discussed, for example, the next step would be to go and say, okay, so what can I automate? Because again, if we talk about all this dollar attribution, obviously it's never the manual work. You can do it manually as a first thing to test this out as a second thing, but then it has to be automated. 
And again, it's not only about what you do in channels, let's say budget automation, but it's also about what else across the board. For example, automation of creatives. So right. be on the lookout. Okay, so what this platform, for example, can, can provide us with in terms of creative creation in, mm -hmm. in the automated way. So is this working out, am I understanding it right in the sense that you're working out tasks that can be basically take up less human hours um, or less resources. So over time you can get things done faster and then exactly. bring, bring on board customers quicker. Yes, exactly. It's about saving human resources. It's and like ours. Uh, it's, it's about actually freeing someone's mm. mind for yep. something more important. So yep. reducing like, uh, you know, repetitive work and uh, actually you know spending someone very valuable hours on doing something better and at the end of the day it's all about optimization it's about the optimization of how much you spend on resources and how much you actually get from all of your investments so for example in our case okay we implemented dynamic ads and this is like automated uh, way of like uh, diversifying your content so how many hours did we free for the creative team to actually spend uh, time on some meaningful and truly creative tasks, uh, and it's on. And on top of that, uh, it is often the system is smarter than us, and so in our case, again, dynamic creatives uh, also showed much higher uh, return on ad spend. So it's on. It's all about optimization of your budgets. Gotcha. Okay. Excellent stuff. So that, that makes sense in terms of working out how you can how you can save human hours, how you can speed things up, how you can get revenue quicker, get customer acquisition costs down. Understood. Yep. So we're, we're down to our final two points of the nine. What, what have yeah. We got yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I think. Yeah. I think uh, one of the points that I do uh, have again as a separate one uh, is about uh, cross team collaboration uh, because uh, what I noticed is that. Um, digital marketers uh, again I mentioned it before we depend very much on other teams Okay. and uh, cross-team collaboration like again have it as a standalone my milestone actually changes your mindset All right. and uh, it also uh, focuses your attention on that not only you need to drive results you also need to be able to explain these results to other teams so that they are going to do a better job based on your expectations. So in our case, it's like, okay, you're working with a content team. So my request to digital marketing team is, okay, so what are the things that the creative or content team needs to know that we know works in the channels? So, and it's about like this mindset that I need actually to serve like basically on the plate, the best practices for other teams to know Got what's it. working for me in the channel. I see. So communicating effectively with the rest of your team on what's working. Yes, yes. And it is so challenging sometimes, especially when it comes again. Digital marketing uh, marketers tend to be, you know, sit in the advertising, you know, platforms like focused on numbers. And then all of a sudden, gosh, I need to, you know, summarize it and go to another team and explain it. It's, it is very challenging, but it's so worth it. Well, I suppose it's also challenging because everyone has their opinion 
and everyone oh, yes. thinks that they know which channels are the best. Um, oh yes. So that's always a yeah. difficult one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the best way, like, to bring everyone uh, to the same page is first having shared goals, and second, mm. it's all about data. So my uh, my opinion to any opinion is hey we don't have opinions here we have data so show me the data and then we talk so it's never like okay i think this one is going to work better it's like okay numbers our past experience show that okay this is what's going to perform better if obviously we do not reach a conclusion hey let's do an a b test so it's relatively easy actually you know to to come to the common ground when we say okay let's test it yeah 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 what do um when SEMrush run experiments? We talked a little bit about it now, and you mentioned you've got a dedicated team that are running on those. If they were testing a new channel, i.e., let's say, perhaps they are creating, I don't know, they wanted to try out TikTok videos, or maybe they wanted to build a community, or I don't know, wanted to start posting videos on LinkedIn. I think SEMrush do most of this stuff pretty well already but let's say for a, set, a different b2b organization what kind of time scale like what do you set to this are we going to do it i don't know daily or bi-daily for six months and if we don't get 20 demo requests by the end of it we're axing it like how do you set like expectations for a channel that you've never ever worked with before yeah so uh again uh very uh, very nerdy uh, very and simple in that. Uh, so we do know our KPIs for which customer journey. So let's say we launch TikTok videos. We, we know that the uh, this is the channel mostly for the attract stage because then again, we are going again to engage and nurture the interest through other channels. We have the, uh, the expectations. Okay, this is how attract stage in general works for us. This is the conversion rate to registration. This is the, uh, let's say, bounce rate. Uh, this is the engagement in general for our video pieces. So we already have all the benchmarks. And then for us, it's the question, OK, these are the benchmarks. And this is how TikTok videos uh, or any other content should perform against benchmarks. Right. Uh, talking about the timeline, it's really dependent. Like um, here, we just uh, measure here we do like reverse engineering and uh, we understand okay so to get the st uh, statistically significant result this is for how long we need to run this ad within the given geography so uh, yeah and then uh, we analyze it so i think the key takeaway here for, uh, for for the audience here would be know your benchmarks before you actually run any any experiment any channel got it Nice. Let's let's have the final final point of the nine. Yeah, uh, my final point is actually less about tactics and it's more about the mindset. And uh, the way I put it is, whenever you think that you reached like the ceiling, uh, that you've done everything that you could, there is always something more. So I think the key message here is like be be courageous uh be always on the lookout for new things and uh, whenever you think that you've done everything it's not the case there is always something that you can do more that you can do better and uh yeah just again 
instill this as you know your internal uh you, you know internal mantra like there is always something more challenge yourself and challenge your team and uh, then you'll see this exponential growth mm -hmm. sounds like having a bit of an entrepreneurial mindset as in yes don't i love get complacent I I love how you put it. Yeah, absolutely. Be your, your own interpreter. Uh, so sorry, entrepreneur uh, within your uh, area. Yep. Helps a lot when you're passionate about what you do, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I'd say that's key. I mean, I've certainly worked at, in jobs before. And if you're not passionate about like the work itself, the results it brings, or maybe the clients that you work with, and perhaps consider another career because you just can't get that drive right unless there's oh, some kind yes. of enjoyment so yeah it's really really yeah. important yeah it is it is so important and uh, i think yeah uh when it comes to to hiring as well uh for example for me like the must is like you know to have this fire in your eyes when you are talking about digital marketing like i love talking and doing this and uh yeah um this is what we are looking for in like newcomers, right? To have this, you know, internal flame uh, about things and to be yeah. actually excited about like spreadsheets and numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. No, I like it. I can, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, cool, Olga. Absolute pleasure. I'm just going to recap the nine from my scribbled down notes over the last fifty minutes or so. So we've got. One number one was framework. Number two was getting buy-in um, from all the team and also linked to dollar or revenue attribution. Number three was running experiments. Number four was kind of thinking big but starting small and working everything into small chunks. At five we had kind of channels um, and getting customers. I think it was talking to the team and getting channels alignment across the board. Yeah. Um, number six was kind of focusing on money-driven attribution. Seven, we had automating processes. Eight, we had cross-team cooperation. And number nine was kind of the mindset, the entrepreneurial mindset that we talked about. I believe that was it. So with that, yeah. I want to want to say thanks very much. Really, really enjoyed the episode. Been plenty of actionable tips. And thanks for sh shedding some light on kind of SEMrush and, and your success and plenty of advice for anyone tuning in for, for what they can take away. So with that, please do tell us more about how everyone tuning in can learn from you in any way you'd like to send our audience. Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, thank you very much. It's been uh, uh, it's been uh, such a great conversation. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, I wish like the best luck. And uh, again, uh, discovering this internal uh, internal internal flame, uh, internal inspiration uh, for everyone who is listening uh, to this. And yeah, uh, it's going to be a very exciting road next year. So good luck with that. Awesome. And if anyone wants to connect with you, Olga, or connect with SEMrush, what are the best channels to find either yourself or SEMrush on? Yeah, LinkedIn. Absolutely. So uh, we are very active. So I'll be glad to, to connect. Awesome. And we'll put all of those links over in the show notes at businessgrowth.marketing. So thanks once again, Olga, for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No worries. And if you enjoyed today's episode, a quick rating or review on your podcast channel or YouTube channel of choice is appreciated. And we'll catch you on the next one for more no BS, actionable B2B marketing tips to grow your organization, grow your revenue. Cheers for tuning in.